Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Well, welcome back, queens. We are really excited to have Olympic silver medalist Dottie Bausch. She started the organization Switch for Good, which spearheaded a national TV commercial that aired during the closing ceremonies of 2018. From there, the Switch for Good organization and movement was born led by Dotsie, along with community of medical professionals, nutritionists, and elite athletes driven to help people's athletic performance and health by eliminating dairy products from her diets. So we plan to explore this a little bit further with Dotsie and ask more about why she decided the switch. But first, we just kind of want to hear a little bit about Dotsie's journey through the Olympics and why she's become such a great mental health advocate. So welcome, Dotsie. Hi there. Thanks so much. <laughs> Glad to be here. So can you first start kind of, we want to hear a little bit about your Olympic experience, of course. The Olympic experience, well, um, gosh, it was, um, <laughs> it was kind of, it was kind of awesome. For sure, I uh, had an experience that um, I will probably never have again, exactly in that way, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I, I started cycling quite late. I didn't start until 26 after um almost losing my life to anorexia and it was in my healing journey that I ended up uh, trying cycling for the first time at uh, a wee bit late of an age to become an Olympic athlete anyway. Um, so by the time I got to the Olympics, which is a good 13 years later after I started, um, I went to the 2012 Olympic Games in London. I uh, was 39 and a half. So I, I had the opportunity to really experience the Olympics and be very present like I may not have been if I was 18 going to the Olympics let's say right mm -hmm. when you're kind of uh, young and you don't have a lot of life experiences behind you or, or in your bank or in your back pocket um, I think you have a tendency to just continue to keep looking forward especially like a Olympic athlete might like oh you know I'll be I'll be here at three more Olympics and you know just kind of not really spending the time to um, be present and, and be there and really appreciate this, the, the whole adventure and the whole exploration of the Olympics itself, the Olympic movement, um, the Olympic village, uh, the experience of, of competing in, in front of, a, a, a you know, a standing room only crowd in London. So, um, it, it I really took the time to do that because I knew at 39 and a half, I would not be back. <laughs> the next Olympics. <laughs> never and know. So, uh, you never know. But uh, I, I, I felt like that uh, I was ready to hang it up after that, and I kind of knew that beforehand. So um, I got to have a just an extraordinary experience in in every way, shape, and form. Then, and 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 it, you know, it went our way. You know, it doesn't always go your way. <laughs> the Olympics, right. as you know, there's um, about ten thousand five hundred 
summer Olympic athletes at each um, Olympics, and there's only um, about 980 medals up for grabs. And it's kind of little stat I didn't know before yeah. I went there. So, you know, those are all the best in the world. Um, and sometimes you, you know, very easily walk away with, uh, with nothing in your hands. So we were, we were, you know, we were really lucky that, that it went our way and we, we rode, um, on those two days, the best that we ever had in our lives, <laughs> which is, which is definitely the day to put it together at the Olympic games, but it's not yeah, no kidding. And I've right. actually had the privilege of hearing you before. Um, and I'm trying to remember if it was five years ago at eating disorder and sport, you spoke, correct? Oh, yes. I remember <laughs> that very well. Yes. And so yes. let's see if my memory serves me right. I, wasn't it by the coaching of your therapist that she actually encouraged you to pick up something different because you had had some struggles with compulsive exercising and you ended up picking up the bike as a result of that, if I remember right? You have an ironclad memory. Yes. I have no idea how you remember that, but you're <laughs> spot on. That's exactly what took place. <laughs> yes. So can you speak about that? Because I have so many, I think this is really powerful for um, those that have struggled with an eating disorder or are struggling right now, is that they kind of feel like, oh, I better hang up my hat. I won't be able to ever compete or I'm never going to be able to have a good relationship with exercise. And in your case, you actually found something that you excelled at that you hadn't even done before. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, it was... um. So I had the, um, you know, the aspect of anorexia that's really very quite common um, and over exercise uh, disorder kind of coupled with the, um, you know, uh, saving off calories. Um, and so it really looked like, you know, six to eight hours in the gym. So I, I, I did a lot of elliptical and a lot of Stairmaster and a lot of treadmill. So when when um you know fast forward you know five years and i'm 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 working hard at my recovery and my therapy and towards the end of that healing journey with my therapist she said to me that she you know really wanted me to be able to find a way to move my body in a healthy way again um i i think she saw a competitor inside of me you know, just in, in the beginning when she, when she, when she met me and I mean, I don't think she thought I was going to, you know, pick a sport and, you know, go to the Olympics or anything, but I think she knew that I wanted to be able to do, um, you know, something recre recreationally competitive. Um, and also just to be able to enjoy movement, right. Enjoy exercise, enjoy, enjoy sport, sure. um, naturally and, and normally, if you will. So I uh, was living out in Los Angeles. I, I, had, uh, I had just moved there a year or so before that, a couple years before that. And it's sunny almost all the time. And I just decided to um, try the bike. So I picked cycling because I thought, man, I just want to be able to, to feel the, you know, the, the wind in my hair and, and face and be able to ride up and down Pacific Coast Highway and into the mountains. I grew up in Kentucky and and had moved from New York city. So, you know, that wasn't really so much of an option, um, in, in those other places <laughs> as I felt like it might be out here in the, in the sunshine. So that's why I chose cycling was, was to, you know, kind of heal with nature. And, and then I just never stopped. I just, it really is a story of just not stopping. <laughs> it's not giving up and just not, 
you know, listening to all the naysayers that told me I was, you know, you know, too old or not talented enough or not good enough, or I started too late and, you know, and just, just kind of not listening to them and just, just leaning into what I loved uh, doing and, and, uh, and just not stopping. Do you feel that a lot of the work you did in your recovery actually helped you perform better? Um, I, I think so for sure. I mean, wh- one of the main aspects of it is, you know, people will, will, will ask all the time, and, and I know anybody that's had any kind of, um, you know, demons in their past, which is almost all of us, right, that had turned into any kind of, you know, full-blown disease or disorder, um, you know, whether, whether it be alcoholism or drug addiction or whatnot, um, you know, there is, a, there is a part of your personality that, that was able to fuel that disease or that disorder um, that if used and turned into uh, the right direction uh, can fuel something very positive. So I, you know, I get asked a lot of people like, Oh, when you stop cycling, do you think that you'll, you know, slip back into the eating disorder? And um, no, definitely not. First of all, I did way too much work. I mean, I worked, I worked really, really hard at recovery. I mean, I was a very active participant in my recovery and um, secondly, I, I, you know, I had, I had spent the time and done the work in order to be able to, you know, bring forward and use those bits of my personality that had the ability to, to, to go dark and, and be um, a participant in, in my eating disorder and in starving myself and, and use them towards driving me towards my goal. Um, and the other second aspect of it that fueled, I think, a successful career was Cycling is um, most, in, you know, endurance sports are are fairly high suffering sports. You know, mm-hmm. you, they're they're painful, it's pretty, and so I just always had this sense as I was, you know, training for cycling, you know, when I was doing really hard intervals, and you know, I just didn't think I was going to be able to, you know, walk the next day. Type of suffering. I just always remember thinking to myself, it's never, ever, ever going to hurt as bad as the you know, the depths of despair and the eating disorder. And it always is going to end really soon, right? Like an interval (laughs) is not going to be any longer than like whatever it might be, 20 minutes. You know what I mean? This is going to end. I can see it around the corner. And in my eating disorder, I had many, many years there where I thought there was no way I would ever, ever get better. So I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, so that I think, you know, that comparison was, you know, fueled me in, in my hard training as well in cycling. Love it. So I know you have been vocal about switching to a more plant-based diet and we try to remain neutral um, when we have diet approaches, but I would love to hear your journey as to why you felt this was yeah. important for you um, and kind sure. of what you learned from it. Yeah, most definitely. I think, I mean, you know, quite honestly, for just me personally, um, I definitely don't see it as a diet. Uh, Excuse <laughs> that's me, something that, you know, yeah, because I mean, but there are, I get what you're saying, like, it's important to stay neutral on the show, as, as far as diets goes, whatever it might be, you know, paleo or keto or low carb or high carb or low fat or high fat, like those are diets, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but for me, I, I definitely will never, ever <laughs> diet again. And, and haven't, uh, you know, for gosh, I've been, I've been well for over 20 years. Um, so that is definitely not something that, that, um, 
you know, a pathway that I would ever want to go down again. So it really is a lifestyle. And it, 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 it quite honestly was the impetus of it was the ethical stand um, and scenarios, situations, whatever you want to put a label on them of what goes on behind closed, closed doors in, in our, in our food system every single day. I was exposed to that. Um, and I was just dumbfounded and, and horrified and just decided, um, that I now was not going to, um, pay into that system. If I wouldn't do it myself that way, I'm not going to pay into a system that does it that way. Um, because I don't want to support that widespread, intense amount of suffering and cruelty and misery. I just, I just can't, I, I just knew almost overnight that I couldn't, um, kind of sign up for that, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I changed my diet to a mostly entirely plant-based diet, um, it, it, within a matter of, of a very short period of time. Um, so just switching away from animal foods, anything that we, that would come from an animal or an animal themselves, obviously. So that's, you know, obviously meat, dairy, and eggs. And, um, I didn't really know what was going to happen to my body, you know, performance wise. Cause at this point, I'm just a couple of years out from Olympic games. So I'm 36 and a half, 37. And, uh, I didn't really know if it was going to work. I just <laughs> knew that my kind of worldview had, had, had changed, right? Like my whole worldview was completely disrupted when I understood the truth. Um, and so now I'm, you know, set out on this path to, um, you know, eat plants. <laughs> and so, um, it was, um, you know, I felt really strongly about it. I felt really proud doing it. I felt, um, just this real sense of, um, of peace, uh, in, in my heart in, in eating this way and choosing, you know, compassion and love, um, over death in, in, in my daily uh, choices and eating. And so I knew that my heart and my soul and my spirit were aligned, but I didn't know if, how my body was going to do. And what happened was just kind of just shy of, you know, amazing in, in my, in the way I view it. Um, I started being able to produce workload, uh, repeated workload. Cause in track cycling, we train two or three times a day. So mm -hmm. it's like, damage, repair, damage, repair, damage, repair. I mean, that's what the day really looks like. Right. And, um, in my repeatability, in my efforts, in my, um, getting up in the morning, I no longer felt inflamed and kind of just crotchety and, you know, creaky in my joints. And, um, you know, my knees didn't feel inflamed. Um, my hips didn't feel inflamed. Um, and then just my, my overall, uh, whole body repair and recovery was speeding up which was really important because I was, I was old. And as we know, as we get older, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> our, well, I mean, no, I mean, not, you know, but old, if we, I was going to compare to my teammates and compare to our competitors in London. Sure. I mean, most of our competitors in London were um, 19, 20, 21, okay. and I'm 39 and a half at, at the Olympics. So I, you know, that's your race, right? That's mm -hmm. everyone's race, whether you're a lead athlete or just anybody just, you know, you know, doing a 5k or something, when we get older, recovery gets harder, sure. right? It just, it, we just don't come back as fast. So, um, that was kind of my, um, I really feel like my plant-based diet was the golden ticket for me as far as, you know, being able to repair, um, faster and faster and better and better. What, um, tools or tips do you have for somebody that might be exploring that so they can make sure they ensure that they get everything in nutritionally? Was there any cookbooks or anything yeah. that you followed? Most definitely. There's so many. I mean, I think just one sort of understanding, um, of, 
the world of macronutrients and micronutrients is helpful. Um, all protein comes from plants, right? The, the animals that we eat are just the middleman. All the animals we eat are vegetarians. All the greatest and strongest animals in the world are vegetarians. Um, rhinoceros, elephants. Um, so it, it's just understanding that all protein originates in the plant world. That's what those animals are eating for them to have protein and then we eat them. So I think that helps with people's confidence and just understanding like, oh, okay, yes, right. They, all protein originates in plants. And so you can get plenty of protein, more than enough, all that you need, all the essential amino acids, everything that your body needs um, stemming from plants. So all, all sorts of types of plants. There's, um, there's literally tens of thousands of different types of plants on planet earth. Um, and we, you know, we have access to not that many right in your, just your, your grocery store every day, but there, there, there really are a large variety for us to choose from. So I would eat, um, rich, dense, colorful, um, vegetables, um, grains like quinoa or bulgur wheat or rice, it kind of, you know, on the bottom of the bowl with massaged kale on top, hemp seeds, hemp hearts, flax seeds, um, crumbled up walnuts. Um, I'd either, I would grill um, tofu or tempeh or something, you know, seasony and salty like that. Cause an athlete, you, you definitely need plenty of electrolytes. So we're not afraid of salt. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, I would just do kind of like a homemade dressing or something. So that would just be a typical, like, yummy lunch or kind of repair meal. Um, but one of my favorite books is by Megan Sad. Her last name is spelled S-A-D-D. Mm -hmm. um, she just put out a book, 30 Minute Vegan Dinners. Oh. And all of us are in a hurry, right? All the time. So I, I love that one because, you know, they, it's, it says 30 minutes, but some of us don't even have 30 minutes, right? Like you have like 15 minutes and I use it and most of the stuff in there takes 20 minutes. Perfect. It's not really a full 30 minutes. Um, and, and she just does really interesting, flavorful, colorful, different, like all sorts of types of meals. And she's really smart in that a lot of the stuff in her book it are, are meals that, you know, omnivores would, would, um, you know, kids consider their, their types of meals, mm -hmm. right. Where, and, and so you, it, it's an easy transition is, you know, what I'm trying to say, but there's also, we have amazing recipes on switchforgood.org, um, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, meals for athletes, meals for non-athletes, but we have a ton of recipes. Um, another good website is called Oh, She Glows. Um, that, um, that website is a lot of people's favorite for kind of simple and complicated recipes. She kind of has both. So you can go in whatever direction you want. Um, and there's really good smoothie recipes on there too. Oh, great. Well, we'll be sure to put those all in the show notes and of course your, your organization. So are you still riding your bike around California? I, I am. I'm still in SoCal and still riding around doing a lot more mountain biking these days because, um, you know, there's just too many cars on the road yeah. and it's, it's, it's right. The more populated we get is, uh, is the, the scarier it gets for cyclists, sure. I think, and, and drivers alike, right? Like I know that we freak drivers out too, because we're not always behaving and, you know, <laughs> following the signs as we should. So um, doing a ton more mountain biking, which is just kind of fun because it's a new challenge for me too. Sure. We're always up for a challenge. So yeah. you have had quite the journey and it's so good to hear these inspirational, strong stories of recovery. And I'm sure part of this has been what you integrate on a daily, um, weekly function. So how do you live out the fit philosophy, trying to balance 
performance, your health, intellect, and taking time for self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that has um, not been as easy as I thought it would be (laughs) after retirement. (laughs) Uh, Quite frankly, like life as an athlete is very egocentric. And I really didn't like that about it, especially towards the end. I got really tired of that experience. You'll hear a lot of elite athletes say that, you know, it's just, it just, just kind of, so moving into, um, you know, being the founder and executive director of a nonprofit, you know, running an organization, um, it's, it's gosh, so many parts of it have been such a challenge. And, you know, I'm talk about being able to immediately expose all of your inadequacies at once. <laughs> I feel like every day is like, Oh gosh, I need to improve on this. I'm weak at this. I need, so, you know, one of the things that I've, I've been working on, um, with, uh, some business mentors is, is, you know, really leaning into and, and recognizing things that I am good at in this realm Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, I, I just, it's, it's not healthy to just continue being reminded of things that you aren't strong at and that you need to get stronger at in, in running this organization. So I try to take time to celebrate things that, that, that I, that I do feel like I'm efficient at and, and, and good at and do more of those things and have the team uh, fill in on the things that I'm not as strong at and finding the right team is in any business, right. Is really, you know, that's <laughs> the golden nugget right there, right. Is finding that, that amazing team that can put it all together. So, um, and I was getting into a period of time when I first started the organization where I wasn't taking care of myself. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really, I wasn't prioritizing exercise. Um, and I was letting that slip and I found that mentally and even spiritually, um, not being out in nature and not allowing the, the time for those endorphins to come out mm-hmm. and the dopamine, you know, to, to, to come out, which my body was obviously used to from being a professional athlete for so many years. Um, I, I got myself into a pretty dark place. So, you know, this, this year, this spring, I really got back on top of that and, um, and just balancing it all a lot better. And I think one of the the biggest tips that I have from that is, um, you know, we're all trying to do it all. Um, and, and, and a lot of times we try to do it all in, in one day, you know, like this all has to get accomplished today. And I'm just really learning to um, be okay with at the end of the day, when it's time for my husband and I to have our time together, or when it's time for me to have me time, or when it's time for me just to go out on a mountain bike ride all by myself for a couple of hours, and maybe it's four o'clock and emails are still coming in, but you know, I've been working <laughs> since 6am or something, just go. Because right. guess what? It'll all be there tomorrow. <laughs> no like kidding. It's all right. It's just, it, it, but in like a, a good way, not like, Oh God, I don't want, you know, it's just like, it's, it's kind of, life is just, uh, you know, it's like a never ending weave and thread of, you know, beauty and angst and, and wonder and curiosity and all of these things and just allowing it to be that and knowing that it will be there tomorrow. And we just attack tomorrow as tomorrow. And at some point you just have to release and let go so that you're good tomorrow. Cause if you don't do it today, then you're kind of half ass tomorrow right and then you're like a third ass the third day and then I mean you know you can really (laughs) spiral down and um and then for everyone out there that's not a brain surgeon or a heart surgeon (laughs) I always lean into 
everything's going to be fine. Nobody's going to die while I go on a walk because I'm not a brain or heart surgeon. So, you know, if you are a brain or a heart surgeon, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I think you have to work. And even (laughs) then they have somebody to help them when they're, you know, when they're off call, they get to step away. So, you know, we always have this fear of missing out, but you're right. Nothing ever goes away. It's always still there when you come back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's okay to pace it. Like right. pace it, you know, pace it like you do whatever your workouts, maybe even right. Like life needs to have a pacing as well. Like we just can't do it um, full speed ahead because it's not healthy for us. Absolutely love that. Life needs, you need to pace it. Well, Thotsy, mm-hmm. thanks so much for coming on. We'll be sure to put all these links in the show notes so they can um, follow your organization. And hopefully um, I'll run into you another uh, conference. <laughs> That would be lovely. I would love that. And thanks for remembering. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. That, that was See, a you're memorable. Sure. <laughs> well, you well, have. Thanks a... for all you do. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, love to all the queens out there. I love the name of your show. Well, thanks. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Until next time. Thank you. you. Bet. Bye, queens. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fit queen Hashtag fit for a queen. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.